How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. We are living in a day when many people, sadly even in the Lord's church, are disrespecting the authority of God, showing a lack of respect for how the Bible authorizes. Today in this program and in the next, we're going to talk about those who disrespect the authority of God. My name is Tom Moore. I am one of the instructors and dean of students at the uh, Texas School of Preaching. With me today, as always, Terrence Brownlow-Dendy, our director of our school and also one of the instructors. And we have a guest with us today, Cody Dameron with us. He is a Bible scholar of which we have quite a few in our congregation. We're very blessed in that regard, and we're happy to have you with us today. We're living in a day, as I mentioned a moment ago, when many people simply disrespect the Word of God uh, by not doing things in an authorized way. And when we talk about the Bible, we're talking about the Word, not the words of man, but we're talking about the words of the living God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, And for this cause we also thank God without ceasing that when you received from us the word of the message, even the word of God, ye accepted it not as the words of man, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also worketh in you that believe. Now God certainly desires that we read the word of God. And all wise men know the great value of studying God's holy words. As a matter of fact, uh, the Holy Spirit instructed in Ephesians 5 and verse 7, Wherefore be ye not foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, Terrence, it's obvious since we have the Bible and we're supposed to study it and uh, we're supposed to uh, have understanding of God's will, that necessitates that it has to be interpreted, right? That's exactly right. We, we know there are some aspects of the Bible that are very simple mm-hmm. to be able to ascertain the meaning of it. And again, that is our, our duty is to try to ascertain the meaning of, of the Word of God. We know that there is a liberal, liberal um, contingency, if you will, or constituency in, in, in times past that clamored for this idea of not being able to interpret God's Word. I, I think about philosophers like Paul Ricoeur, uh, uh, Hans Gadamer, people like that, and times past it, and their their books on hermeneutics were trying to really undermine the ability to ascertain the message of God. They would say things like, "Well, there's no possible way that we can come to the true meaning of what the original author uh, had put forth for us." And again, that would be preposterous. That God would give us a book. We know the verses that are common to all of us. Second Timothy chapter three. 
Uh, verse number 16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in, in righteousness, for correction, instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and thoroughly furnished unto every good work. You know, so God tells us that this word is from him and he holds us accountable for knowing it. I think about John 12, verse number 48, where we're going to be judged by the word of God. Uh, the book of Revelation, chapter 20, also teaches the same thing, 21 uh, teaches us the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that would be preposterous for us not to be able to interpret God's word properly. We certainly can. You know, Cody, when you think about uh, understanding God's word and not disrespecting it, the very first thing we have to do, is it not, is to study and to understand God's truth? That's right. Absolutely. Uh, it, what just came to mind with me was Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Paul, an inspired man of God, says that when you read what I wrote, you can understand my knowledge in the mystery. Mm -hmm. So we can understand that, and that's where we have to go to truly understand what God would have us to do in this world. Exactly right. You know, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, in the American Standard, it says, Give diligence. The King James says, Study to present yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, handling aright mm -hmm. the word of truth. And that's you know, the rightly dividing King James, American Center, handling right. And I think that's where people are missing the boat today, and that's how they are disrespecting the Word of God because they're not handling God's Word correctly. So just how do we know what we can do in our service to God? What are the things that we must do? What are the things that are forbidden? You know, if we do not know how God authorizes how are we going to even understand how to know what he wants us to do and not do? Yes, that's a good point, Brother Tom. You know, we talk about the judgment of our Lord. And, of course, the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ is the righteous judge. Acts chapter 17, verse 30 and 31, whenever Paul's preaching on the area of in Athens, Greece, uh, he tells those to whom he's preaching that, that God has ordained uh, a day in which he's going to judge men by the man that he's appointed, and that's Jesus Christ the righteous. And look, he is he is uh, giving us uh, assurance of these things in that he's raising from the dead. And so, how is God going to judge us? We think about places like the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter twelve, verse thirteen and fourteen, where the Bible tells us, "Let us get a conclusion of the matter. Fear God, keep His commandments, for this is the." the whole of man. Then he tells us, for God's going to bring everything into judgment, including every secret thing, according to what we've done. According mm -hmm. to what we've done. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 10, we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive uh, the things that we've done in this body according to that which we have done. God is going to judge us according to our works, That's right. according to what we have done. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, man, that places a premium on us, making sure that we can understand God's word. And so I want to, to mention, too, in regards to that, you, know, you said, well, you know, both of you guys talked about the idea of, of that there are those who miss, miss, uh, uh, represent the authority of God or abuse or really reject the authority of God. And I think there's something there besides the fact that, you know, what Cody, what you had mentioned, we can read what it is that God has written, be able to ascertain what he's given to us. We've got to have the, the correct heart. Yeah. I think about Luke chapter 8 and that verse number uh, 15, this parable of the seed and the sower and this ground. The Bible talks about those who brought forth fruit. And look what it says. But, but as Jesus Christ gives this interpretation, he says, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest in good heart, having heard the word, keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Mm -hmm. So we've got to be able to be diligent 
and striving to rightly write the word of God, man, that honest heart is so imperative to this process. That's exactly right. So when we're talking about those who disrespect the authority of God, I think, Cody, it'd be kind of good for us to maybe talk about what do we mean when we say the authority of God? Ooh, so uh, authority of God just basically means power mm-hmm. or right. Um, it's the, it's the uh, right of someone or something to dictate or control something underneath them. And okay. God has all authority. And being from the military, which you've been, you understand the idea of authority, right? Just a little bit. And if you disrespect the <laughs> authority in the military, there are consequences. Yes. And what we need to realize is today and eternally, there are going to be consequences mm-hmm. if we disrespect the authority of God. And so in the present time, even some Christians are saying that the New Testament is not really a pattern for us today. Mm-hmm. Others say that if the Bible does specifically does not specifically say a thing is not wrong, then it's okay to do it. They misunderstand what it is to uh, understand God's authority. It would be fair to say that many people have never really asked themselves, is my action authorized by God? Mm -hmm. And when you fail to ask yourself that question and just doing things your own way, then you're disrespecting God's authority. That's exactly right. And... Brother Tom, something I want to mention in regards to that is people people need help to uh, adopt that mindset because God has structured life in such a way that authority is learned very early on. Nobody lives in this world to himself. Nobody was was dropped out of the sky. Nobody was delivered by a sword. Look, we we all are born into a family. And God has set up this family structure in such a way that authority is inherent within it and kids learn very early on that mommy and daddy, they are the authority figures. What they tell me to do is what I'm to do. When they tell me not to do something, I don't do that. And again, that's designed, I believe, that so that this child might be able, even before he's able to, to look at the Bible and to be able to ascertain its meaning, to be able to understand its message, begins to learn principles of authority just by its its placement, that child's placement within the home. And so by the time they're able to understand the Bible, their intellect has developed to the point that they can do that, authority ought to be something that's a given by that point. It ought to be something that they already have firmly under their belt. So whenever their parents begin to teach them that, hey, God is our creator, you know, God is above me, he's above mom, he's above everything that exists, man, that ought to be very easy for them to grasp. That's so true. Exactly right. So when we think about this idea of authority and um, coming to grips with authority, we need to be careful that we do not try to force others to do things that God does not authorize or that God does not require. You know, you hear a lot about uh, we are not to bind where God has not bound or loose where God has not loosed. Uh, therefore, we got to be diligent in our Bible study and strive to make our thinking uh, in harmony with God's will. Uh, one, one clear basic difference between the Lord's church and denominations is the difference is their outlook toward Bible authority. And what's sad, we're starting to have a trouble with that even in the Lord's church yeah. where people do not understand 
uh, the Lord's word. So as we begin to think about this idea uh, in this podcast about disrespecting uh, the Word of God, if you were to define disrespect, Cody, how would you talk about being disrespectful? What does it mean to be disrespectful? So, I mean, you brought it up. I was from the military um, to disregard authority. Yeah, it's uh, to pay no attention to it, to ignore it, or to just flat out um, oppose it. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things. Yeah, you know, we think about, uh, for example, the uh, New Collegiate Dictionary states that disrespect means to have a lack of respect or reverence, discourtesy. On the other hand, to have respect is to act, uh, to be uh, giving a particular attention to, consideration, holding in high regard that which you are supposed to. And so when we think about having disrespect for God's word, one of the things that we need to realize is that many people do not understand God's authority because they don't know the difference between subjective standards Mm -hmm. and objective standards. And again, I just can't help but emphasize this. A lot of times the reason why people don't know the difference between the two, Brother Tom, is because they've been aided in... Uh, mixing up the two or, or seeing ambiguity between the two. <clears throat> but, you know, the Bible's always very plain. The Bible even speaks to the idea that there are some things that fall within the realm of expediency, for lack of a better term, maybe within the realm of opinion or subjectivity. For instance, we go over to the book of Romans 14, and here's what I'm talking about. A lot of people will like to catapult things into Romans chapter 14. It really don't belong there. Mm-hmm. You know, God's got enough enough wisdom and enough sense to, to be able to delineate for us which things fall under the category of of expediency or within the realm of opinion. And, of course, Paul tells us there what is going on. There are people that are disputing over the idea of their diet. Can we eat meat? Can we not eat meat? And in a New Testament setting, God says that is, that's your choice. Yeah. That's your choice. Man, if a man wants to eat meat, uh, that's fine if he doesn't want to eat meat. What you're not going to do is to tear each other down and to uh, erroneously judge one another in regards to your dietary choices. Paul is very concerned that uh, the, the members there of the congregation uh, in Rome understood what the truth was. He t- says on two, two occasions there's nothing inherently sinful about eating a piece of meat. But at the same time, man, we don't want to tear our brother down or to cause him to violate his conscience. But again, this whole point I'm making is God tells us that here is something that falls within the realm of of opinion or subjectivity, right? And so if God tells us that it falls within that realm, and he talks about some of the the days as well that they had observed, then we could take it to the bank. That's something that falls in that category. But something that we cannot do is to begin to take things of our own choosing, like how we worship God in song, what day we partake of the Lord's Supper on, who we address our prayers to, Mm -hmm. We can't do those, take those things and catapult them into this area. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. Read a book one time by Brother Frank Chesser called Spirit of Liberalism. And he mentioned within that book in one point that he was discussing some of these matters with people. And and he says that uh, the response that he got when he began to say, well, God has a specific dictate in regards to these areas of worship, how we worship, what the plan of salvation is. He says, you know, the response was, well, we don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't sweat the small stuff. 
And my question always is this, man, who gives you the authority to determine what small stuff is? Look, if God says something is the small stuff falls in that category, then that's fine. But man, we don't have the authority to do that. That's right. So when we talk about, explain to us a little bit, Cody, about subjective and objective. There might be people who are listening to us that don't really know uh, what the difference is. Yeah, so uh, objective standards are something that it's, it's a truth. It's a constant. It's unchanging. It's set. Uh, and like Terrence brought up, I mean, comes to mind Psalm 33, 6 through 9. God spoke everything in the universe into existence. I believe that anything that can do that has the power to tell me what to do since mm-hmm. I am his creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that he tells me I can do, that's a set constant. The things he tells me I cannot do, those are a set constant. Anything that's subjective is is contrary to that. It's it's based on my own thoughts or feelings, and you have your own thoughts and feelings, and you have your own thoughts and feelings, and when we all sit at a room, we have three different ways to do the same thing. God says this is the objective standard. There are subjective standards out there for things that are allowed, but when it comes to truth, it's set. Exactly it, right. It's unchanging. Yeah, no. I think about Brother Tom, there's so many things, so many areas of life where God has given us to write, to make choices, yep. and what career we hold, where we live, if we're single and eligible to be married, who we marry, right. who we become involved with, where we go to school, what car we drive, what city we live in, what size house we buy. I mean, he's given us so much uh, space for being able to make choices. But man, there are some things that God says, look, here's a way that it's going to be done. Mm-hmm. And of course, we live in this postmodernistic age where that becomes one of the things that's taboo is objective truth. Yep. The fact that there's a right and wrong way to do everything. You know, what's amazing to me is people understand objective truth until it comes to religion. For example, you know, if you go to the grocery store and you buy some vegetables, you pay uh, by the pound, right? A pound is 16 ounces, right? That's right. You know, it's not 24, it's not 10. That's an objective standard. Uh, when a lady wants to go and make a dress, if they make dresses anymore, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, but they go and buy uh, cloth by the yard, right? Sure. There is this exact standard. Uh, and, and many other examples to be, could be given, but when it comes to the Bible, it also is an objective standard. So when we think about standards, there are people today who try to live by a different standard other than what the Bible is. Uh, there's religious division in the world today. Would you agree? Sure. There's division even in the Lord's church today, sadly. And the reason there is division is because someone is holding to a different standard than the other. Doesn't uh, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10 speak to that? Yes, it does. It does, man. You know, Paul over there says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10, I beseech you by the authority. There's that word again, uh, exousia in the Greek language, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you speak the same thing, that you all speak the same thing, that you be a, a perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. That's one of the things that you know, makes this thing so very disheartening, Brother Tom, is that God has made all the provisions for us that need to be made for us to be able to see things in the same way. I know there's brethren out there that clamor that we can never be able to see things in the same way. And we've even had a comment made that there's never been a, a context that has existed for the church where everybody saw things the same way. And, you know, whether that's true or not, 
here's the facts of the matter. When we open up the Bible, we know this always been God's standard. Mm -hmm. So whether men complied with it or not, it's always been God's standard. And it's very clear in the book. If Paul says, be of the same mind and the same judgment by inspiration, Mm -hmm. is Paul or God going to require something of us that we cannot do? Absolutely not. He he only asks of of us those things that we can do and what he expects us to do. And, uh, I think I think to that point, First John chapter two verses fifteen and sixteen talks about the three ways that we can sin, and pride. Mm-hmm. Pride is when the subjective standard of I put myself instead of God's word between me and God. I put myself as that standard, my thoughts, my feelings, my history, my experience instead of God's word in that space. Okay, so when we hold to a different standard other than God's standard, then we are disrespecting. The Word of God. Mm-hmm. We are disrespecting God's authority because we have a standard that we like better than God's standard, and that's disrespect. That's right. Yeah. And so, also, there are people who think they have a better way. Uh, many totally disregard what the Bible says. They disregard God's authority and simply do what they want to do, thinking that they have a better way than God's way. Uh, when I was uh, preaching in Hamilton, Texas, there was a, a very liberal congregation there, and one of the fellows there was writing a book, and he was claiming that I am going uh, to write a book better than the Bible. Hmm. Uh, and that's the mentality uh, uh, that many people have. They have a, a better way, uh, but it seemed like... Solomon said something like, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the, are the ways of death. That's right. Oh, so. Yeah, man, we, we know that man's had the audacity, really almost from day one, to want to be able to do things this way. You, you look at Adam and Eve in the garden. Of course, we know that Eve is deceived by Satan, and there's, there's some, there's some uh, external factors there that, that, aid her and disobeying God and certainly for Adam as well. But we go to the next generation, we look at Cain and Abel, and what we see here are two men who offer worship unto God, and God is accepting of one and rejecting of the other. That's one of the things we need to understand about God's authority, too, real quickly, just as a side point. God's under no obligation to accept anything in service or worship that he himself is not authorized. And so that's something that we need to come to grips with. Mm-hmm. But uh, you look at, at Cain and Abel. Abel obviously offers of the first thing of his flock and of the fat thereof. Apparently that was the proper thing to offer. When we go look at the commentary in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 4, the Bible says, By faith offer, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than that Cain. So we're looking at Cain in contradistinction to Abel, and the Bible tells us back in Genesis chapter four that God didn't had no that God had no respect rather for Abel and his offering. And then again, you ask the question. You couple that with Hebrews again chapter eleven, and you see that obviously it's the case that the man did not offer his sacrifice, his offering by faith. And of course, we know faith comes by hearing God's word. And so when we take all that and we deduce the you know what we need to from it we realize Cain didn't do what he did according to God's authority mm-hmm. his offering was not according to God's authority and and that becomes problematic for God and it becomes problematic for Cain exactly right you know I think about in the book of Judges chapter 21 verse 25 that mm-hmm. every man did that which was right in his, in his own, own eyes. eyes 
Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 10 and verse 23, O Jehovah, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And so it's important that we realize that uh, we don't have a better way. It's a bad way. In our few minutes remaining, I want to talk about something you might think is kind of strange, but it's the sacred cow. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a lot of people today who, instead of believing what God says and having respect for His authority, they would rather uh, give their allegiance to some man. And when I'm talking about, uh, for example, uh, maybe a college professor right. or, or maybe, uh, maybe uh, a preacher from in the restoration movement where they give more allegiance and beliefs in what they're saying than what the Bible says. Well, after all, didn't brother so-and-so believe this? Mm-hmm. Well, Cody, what do you, how, do you, how would you discuss someone who says, well, didn't brother so-and-so believe this? It's got to be right. So first I would say Titus 2 talks about the value of the wisdom of the aged. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all yes. agree with that. But it's only in line with what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, as they follow Christ. Right. So it goes back to the standard of God. Uh, and when you think about 1 Corinthians 1, 10 again, if you follow that context, it says, am I of Apollos? Am I of Cephas? Am I of Christ? People were saying, hey, I'm of Paul. They were following the men of the day. Some mm-hmm. of them were. Mm-hmm. And and Paul corrects them on that. We have to get back to the standard, the objective, true, unchanging constant of God's word, mm-hmm. of God's standard. That's exactly right. I'm reminded of the book of Jeremiah. You get toward the end of the book, and of course, it's a heart-wrenching book. Jeremiah's prophetic tenure was occupied, according to the commission of God, with trying to lead the Judeans back to God, trying to get them to repent of their idolatry and all of the other atrocities that they're committing against God and against one another. And again, for 42 years of preaching, Jeremiah is unsuccessful in getting these people to turn back, and eventually God's got to do what he said he was going to, and that is to allow them to be captivated at the hands of the Babylonians, and Nebuchadnezzar in particular. But once Nebuchadnezzar comes in and begins to uh, make his conquest in Judea, and of course we know that would take place in, in three different waves in 606, 597, 536, or excuse me, 586, the Bible tells us that at one point toward the end of this thing that that uh, the people take Jeremiah to Egypt. Well, God had told them over and over again, don't try to go to Egypt for refuge. Uh, but that's what they decide to do anyway, just defiant as always. They take Jeremiah, and I guess they think that Jeremiah is going to shut up once he gets over there to Egypt, but he doesn't. And he begins to rebuke them about offering sacrifices to the queen of heaven, you know, paganistic, idolatrous type of worship. And one thing that he, that, that the women begin to say to him is, our, our husbands know what we're doing. In other words, you don't worry about what we're doing in worship. Our husbands know. And so what is it, are they actually doing? They're appealing to the authority of their husbands. And so just like you said a moment ago, the Bible tells us to respect the wisdom of the agent, and the Bible tells a wife to be submissive to her husband. But again, if that the agent person or that husband is doing things or trying to authorize things that are defiant of God, then, uh, man, we better exercise uh, Acts chapter 4, verse number 19, Acts chapter 5, verse number 29, that is to obey God rather than man. Exactly right. When you think about this sacred cow issue, it's not just uh, leaning heavily on those of age, Mm -hmm. but also you can spend your time with those that are younger that can lead astray. 
you know, Rehoboam, he, instead of listening to the men of age, listened to the younger ones who led them astray. That's right. mm-hmm. uh, and I think we have a big problem in our world today, and sadly also in, in the church, that we have a lot of young preachers who are more concerned with what their uh, peers are thinking and saying right. than what the Bible says. Just like a person could go and lean too heavily on the restoration movement where they were coming out of denominationalism and they had a lot of difficulties. Mm -hmm. Uh, That same truth can be, and I've seen it among a millennial crowd. Have you not? Man, I have. That's something that that we've noticed, and we don't mean to uh, disparage anybody, but this is just what we've observed. But it seems like among that, that age group, there seems to be, again, this kind of a fraternity that is, is, it's formulated, and that's fine to, to formulate fraternity. Yeah. But a lot of times, I've heard this. I've heard you know people relying upon or leaning upon what one of their peers have said, or being more concerned uh, with the approval of the peers than the approval of God. Mm-hmm. And and again, at the end of the day, man, we all have peers, and we love one another, and, and we're sitting here amongst peers today. But at the end of the day, again, you know, I'm going to go with God over Brother Tom. I'm going to go with God over Brother Cody, and I know both of these men will go with God over right. me. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're in the wrong, then certainly these guys are going to do everything within their power to help guide me aright, and that's the way this thing ought to work. So whether or not you're old or young, what matters is what the Word of God says. Right. And so it's important that we don't get up and start disrespecting the authority of God by having our sacred cows. Well, we're going to talk more about this in our next uh, program, but we're so happy that you've been with us for the Biblical Christian broadcast. We pray that you will uh, continue to listen in, tell others about it, and we hope that the things we have said will encourage you and lift you up the most holy face. We'll see you again at our next podcast.